It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. You guys are back. Yes. Welcome to Everyone Talks to Liz. Uh, You know, I'm going to take a little trip down memory lane. I did not do well in chemistry class at Beverly Hills High School. By the way, I wasn't alone. Nicholas Cage, who back then was Nick Coppola. Yes, he's the nephew of famed director Francis Ford Coppola. He sat next to me. And both of us were such a hot mess in that class. So, no, I was not going to make a living doing anything that involved mixing molecules or free radicals into health food. But if I were to use my guest today as an example, I could have. You see, necessity is the mother of invention, right? And Trevor Farns needed something that would help his very ill father who suffered from neuropathy, that's pain from damaged nerves, as well as serious heart disease. So he started reading and mixing and matching, and he created a nitric oxide product, gave it to his father, who within days began to regain feeling in his fingers and toes, and to this day never had to have the open heart surgery his doctors warned he would face. Sounds like first time was a charm, right? Oh, no, 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 no. Trevor had crashed and burned six businesses before getting to yell Eureka with his food supplements concept called Mountain Ops. How did he not give up after the fourth, the fifth, the sixth business that failed? How did he keep plowing ahead and fight tooth and nail till he reached success? Trevor is the co-founder and head of Mountain Ops, and he is here to tell us. Trevor, welcome to Everyone Talks to Liz. So glad you're with us. Hi, Liz. Thanks for having me. Appreciate that intro. That was incredible. Did you do well in chemistry class? I did horribly in, in <laughs> chemistry class, but I <laughs> wanted things to explode when you mix things. But no, that was not my that was not my path. So. Um, yeah, so it's interesting that I am where I am today, and you just gave a perfect synopsis of, of it all. I appreciate that. Well, of course, but to me, I love it when people who on paper have no business doing what they do or creating what they create say, you know what? Tough. I'm going to do this. And so there's obviously something within you, especially considering you, you fought through six failed businesses, but we'll get to all of that in a minute. Uh, I just want to talk about you and what you were attracted to when you were younger in school and what you were good at. Yeah, I was more on the creative side uh, in school when I was younger, and I was more interested in in probably the the girls at the school and and the sports that I'd play um, at recess and uh, (laughs) the things that I planned on doing afterwards. You know, I had little clubs and stuff that I was involved in elementary school and junior high. Then it became the girls and the, the sports and the athletics and and that type of thing. And in high school, similarly, I focused a lot on, on my, my soccer and, and, uh, just, just getting by. In fact, I, uh, I played soccer, um, in high school and my, my, uh, coaches would always have to help me get over the 2.0 grade point average to be able to play. So I was a little distracted in, in school by other things and, uh, just disciplining my mind, um, to sit down in a classroom and be educated was, was difficult for me. Yep. Well, so let's just be clear, though. You were able to focus enough to start your first business in high school when you didn't even have a bank account, right? Yep. I, uh, I you know, I've followed in the footsteps of some incredible older brothers who are 
entrepreneurs and and um and so in high school i talked one of my brothers into helping me start up my own business it was called dc home care we lived in washington dc at the time just for a short stint during high school my family's from utah but um and i i started up a business there receiving and uh, distributing different durable medical equipment supplies uh in high school and um <laughs> just out of, out of our garage there and so you know going to open up the bank account the business uh, the business license and all of that and then some of the some of the wires that were coming in and out of there were, were substantial. And, uh, fortunately I had, had some mentors that kind of helped me into that, but I was, I was really interested in, uh, in business and, um, providing a service to people. So yeah, that was, that was my senior year of high school Wait, at did, the same time working at, at a mall as well, just to, to kind of earn some money also. Did you fake like you had a deeper voice when you tried to get customers? <laughs> I mean, how did that work? <laughs> you know, I didn't I didn't personally work with the customers. I was kind of just the the middleman, almost like a warehouse just distribution center that I could ah. support different uh, yeah, from end to end from the west coast to the east coast and acted as a a distribution center for some of the west coast companies that my brother worked for and so um, through some connections there, I was able to get some product in, in there and, and then they'd tell me where to ship it. So it wasn't a lot of the, you know, forward facing, outward facing, uh, type business at the time. It was more so learning the back end uh, structure of distribution. So it sounds like you come from a very close family and clearly if you, you cared enough to create an entire product for your dad, you must have a lot of love for him. Um, tell me about the what led you to that, and and the previous businesses that you started. I would I would say the high school one wasn't wasn't a failure, right? It sounds like it was pretty successful. It was it was good, and yeah, it was successful. And then from there, I actually left and went on a mission for my church for two years, and so I I, I just closed that up. It wasn't something that I was going to do full time, and uh. and then coming home from that, I, I dove into business with my brothers right away. Uh, started selling ph pharmaceuticals uh, for one of the businesses that they owned. And uh, it was kind of an you eat what you killed environment. You know, they handed me a phone book and said, go find your clients and find uh, find who you can broker some deals with. And that's how I did it. And uh, my wife and I always had the goal to start our own business. Obviously, I'd done it before in mm -hmm. high school, but I that's kind of the path I wanted to go on. And um, it wasn't the path my father took. My father, you know, he was very big into education. Then he ran a uh, very large hospital organizations like IHC here in Utah, uh, Holy Cross Health Systems that was uh, in oh, wow. South Bend, Indiana. And so he was in the healthcare field. My brothers were selling pharmaceuticals. Uh, over time, you know, I've now ultimately found myself in the, the nutrition and health space. But um, but during that phase of working with my brothers, I really saw what it was to be an entrepreneur. I saw the freedom that they they enjoyed, but also the the hard work that it took to to obtain that freedom in life to go and do the things that they wanted to. And and my wife and I saved up enough money to ultimately go out and and invest in our own business. And two two opportunities piqued our interest. One was in real estate, and then one was within within a franchise. And this is 2007. Had I known what was around the corner in 2008, wow. I would have ran from the from the from the real estate deals, but those deals they they um, you know they ended up uh, not happening the way that we penciled them out to to occur. And then the franchise deal was the one that really um, uh, just took us in the gut and and got us on our knees and, and you know really seeking out where should we go and what should we do because that we hit rock bottom with it. We instead of investing in one franchise to see how it went, we we were young, naive, and really aggressive, and we decided to open up seven. 
And so Whoa. we paid seven franchise fees. We pay, we build out seven stores. I hired seven friends to go and run these stores. Wait, what were you um, selling? What then, was the franchise? Uh, it, it was a wireless company. So we were selling cell phones. Okay. Uh, it was, it was a retail wireless. And, and then um, on top of that, my wife and I had the opportunity to sign seven year or seven, seven, five year personal guarantees mm. on these retail locations. So it was, so much stacked up against us, but the financials looked incredible. And so we thought, you know, while this is so hot, let's go for it. Let's hit it hard and, and hit it big quick. And I've learned since that that's not the way you do things. It's, it takes patience, takes hard work, and and it takes time to to really succeed in life. But we tried it within a few months of, of opening up those stores and struggling to get kind of traffic through the doors. The franchise was actually shut down. And um, so all the franchisors who had just bought in were kind of put on a pause while there was some things looked into the franchise on the franchise level, nothing to do with us. But I had I just, you know, invested in one franchise, the the pain would have been a lot less. So mm. we had these seven stores we ultimately had to just back out of. And these landlords at the time were not, you know, they were hitting 2008 and, and struggling with their real estate ventures. And they didn't want to show us any mercy. And so they started putting liens on our property. And <sighs> And we, we started to not pay our mortgage. And for about two years, we didn't pay our mortgage. Um, and um, similarly, at the same time, we had a daughter that ended up in the hospital with some medical bills. So it felt like everything we were trying to do just was was met with opposition and, and uh, wasn't we weren't meant to succeed. That's that's how I felt, you know, as a young father, as a young husband at this point in time, we got married in 2003. Um, so we just hit our 20 year mark a few months ago and, uh, and we were, we were young my wife was 18. I was 21 when we got married. Now we were starting this business. We had a few children. So my roles and responsibilities in life over that, those few years were rapidly changing. I was now to provide, preside and protect over this small family unit. Mm -hmm. And for a few years, I felt like I was doing great. And then all of a sudden I felt like I was failing in, in those regards. And um, my desire more than anything was just to provide something for them and so that they could have that security and food was a topic of conversation all the time because we had very little in our pantry. And so my wife and I really just were focusing on trying to get enough food. And so we'd reach out to different programs that we could get some assistance on and that type of thing. My ego was in the way because I didn't want people to know that within three months, this big wireless uh, franchise that we were going to you know, succeed with was now uh, quicker than three months going oh out of business, gosh. you know? And so, yeah. so that's kind of our experience in, in, in starting and building and then starting and building. And we did that with a few businesses. And I, I started to realize that um, every, all of these businesses we were approaching, it, it became more and more just about the transaction and less and less about the mission, which I'm, I'm a very mission-driven individual. That's how I was raised to be. And, and you find a purpose in life. You find something you can get behind. Passion. And you sink your teeth in, in, into it. It's passion, yes. you know? And so... I was losing that and I was just, I just needed something for my family. And so just whatever transactional business I could, I could come up with that. That's what I was going after. Well, and, wouldn't you say, then, Trevor, that there are no shortcuts in the end and things look none, great on paper. Yeah. And sure, yeah. there are all kinds of opportunities that are dangled in front of you that look really delicious and, and they ain't. And yeah. It really is slow and steady wins the race. It, wins the race. It, it's so 100, true. 100%. Let's talk about when you were at your lowest. Um, yeah. You didn't lose your house. Like, Were you terrified that that would happen? The house, it felt like we got served legal paperwork, uh, default foreclosure letters on a weekly basis. And oh. actually, we, we, I'm sure we did. 
in fact, there was times where my wife would find uh, people taking pictures of our home and we, we didn't know why. And then on Thanksgiving Day of all days, we were on our way out to go to my in-laws for a Thanksgiving dinner that we didn't have to worry about food. And it was an incredible day because that was that was the last thing we had to worry about. It was what we always worried about. And so we we're on our way out and got a knock on the door and, and a, a gal was handing us this legal documentation to let us know our house was up for auction in the coming days. <sighs> and um, and that that was that was one of the rock bottom points where it's like now we knew why they were taking pictures of our home. We went to the Internet and we found our home up for auction. And somehow, time and time again, uh, I'm a faith-based individual, faith-based family. Even our business is faith-based. It's God, God's hand just intervened, intervened, and people were put in our path that will, would allow us to to overcome some of these obstacles. And and we found a way to stay in our home a few days later, and um, and then we ended up being able to to stay in there uh, for the long haul. And that that was incredible because we didn't have to relocate the family and start over that way. At least they had a, a secure home and roof over their heads. Oh, this reminds me, Trevor, of a quote that I have read and listened to. God can move mountains, but you have to bring the shovel. Yeah. It said, yeah. clearly, you, you, I, I, you know, I love how you say people were put in our path. I don't think so. I think you hustled. You worked yeah. as hard as you possibly could to to yep. fight for this family and and you just had so many so many bad breaks thrown at you when did things start yeah. to turn around i mean talk about this this idea you had where you wanted to take the time to create something with your father with no intention of probably believing that it was going to be some type of blockbuster yeah no that's that's incredible and and i appreciate that thought that you just shared i, I think you you work as though it depended on you and you pray as though it depends on on god and that's what we did and, uh, and so, yeah, through that, I ended up picking up a book that I typically wouldn't read. You started at this, this, uh, this interview off with chemistry and, um, it was a book on chemistry. It's called no more heart disease by Dr. Luis Signaro. He won the Nobel prize in 1998, um, for his work with nitric oxide as a signaling molecule in the cardiovascular system. And when I read just the front cover, no more heart disease, I thought, okay, I've got a father who just had two stents put in his heart. Uh, his father died of a heart attack. My mother's father died of a stroke. We have a history of heart disease in our family. If I could, if I could find something in this book that mm. meant something, you know, that would give me some direction on on building a product, then I could I could maybe get behind this. So that's what I did. I read the book, and there was some ingredients that it had listed in there, and some concoctions that this doctor recommended. And I thought, okay, my my father could really benefit from this. So I'll see it first. I don't know if this is going to be a business opportunity. But I took the book to a, a chemist friend of mine, had him whip up the concoction that it, it was stating in there. <laughs> he added some, some more ingredients to it um, that he felt like were missing. And I put my father on it. And within uh, about three days, the feeling in his fingers and toes that he hadn't felt in about 10 years started to come back. And so I knew I was onto something. But I also was out of any financial resource to do right. uh, what I wanted to do with this. Right. So but this was the mission. It, it became my father. And uh and I, I just need to mention my my father just passed away two months ago, oh, and no. I'm so he sorry. has been one. No, I appreciate that. It, it, it gives me so much motivation to go out and share the message of our product because of what it did for him and what it's done. It's done for so many thousands of people now, and, and it just motivates me. Um, and so my he he didn't die of a heart attack. He unfortunately had a, a very tragic fall and broke his neck. And so it was very abrupt and I and something we didn't expect. But mm. even even there, his heart was still strong. He was supposed to have open heart surgery t uh, five years after the stents went in. 
he avoided that. And his cardiologist get, just kept telling him, take whatever your son's giving you. And so he did. <laughs> and, uh, and so we did that. And that, that's been incredible for me because now I've, I've had this product that I started selling through doctor's offices. But going back to me not having resources, I went to those brothers of mine that, that had had some success. And I said, look, this product benefits dad. It will benefit us. There's, there's millions of people throughout the world that are suffering from heart disease. So maybe this is a product we could, uh, we could take to the market and, and benefit from. So they helped me buy the first 350 bottles that I needed to buy from this manufacturer. And then I built the website. I designed the labels. I was taking customer service calls. I was doing this and that. And the first person that bought through the website that I built was a chiropractor. And I just decided I'm going to dive into this chiropractic community. I didn't know much about it. And, and then physical therapists and uh, massage therapists and, and naturopathic doctors. And, and that's kind of the route I went. And it started to build and they started to buy this product because they had customers that needed help with their neuropathy, with their uh, blood pressure issues. And, uh, and it started to take off, but slowly, it was just a slow <laughs> steady. We still struggled financially for a period of time. That stick-to-itiveness, that never give up mentality, that's always been a part of me. But I, I've always felt like mission-driven individuals, they can endure the, the struggles of life. And right. so I had this mission. And so I let, I let time do the hard work. After that point, I realized I can't, I need to, I need to be patient. I need to put in the effort. This is not going to be a, a home run overnight. And, and it became such, and it started to grow. And then we found um, through a series of conversations with a marketing agency that was going to do some work with us that there was a big opportunity for products like this in the outdoor market and in hunting and outdoor recreation and that type of thing. And so I ended up partnering with a few individuals that were doing marketing in that space. And we took the products that I had developed for my father and for those doctors and we rebranded it and then started to develop more and more products. And to, um, to the point now we've been in business nine years under a brand called Mountain Ops. And, uh, and we sell through the outdoor industry. This is Everyone Talks to Liz, and we will be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clayman. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clayman right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clayman. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How big is the company now? Uh so we have just around 60 employees. We, we contract out our manufacturing and our, and our shipping. So if we had those, we'd probably have another, you know, another 25 to 30 employees. Um, and it's growing rapidly. And, and the brand came out. The brand resonated with the industry super well. At the time when we launched, it was 2014. There was a big hunter-athlete movement with brands like Under Armour, Sitka, Yeti. But there was no brand like ours. There was no consumable product like ours leading this charge for the hunting demographic um, where, where a lot of these hunters wouldn't shop in a GNC. They don't go to the Gold's Gym. They work out in God's Gym. They're out in the mountains. And, uh, and so most of them were trying supplements for the first time, and they were trying them through Mountain Ops. And, uh, and we just broke down our barriers and walls and said, look, this is who we are. 
here's why we're developing these products. Here's what we want to help you with. And we started telling our story. We started telling my father's story on how it helped him and how we've been selling through the doctor's offices. And it resonated really well, the branding. And then when they tried the product, they tasted it and they felt the difference. And that was that was a game changer. And uh, and we started selling through this very, very uh, tight knit community that is the, the hunter and outdoor um, enthusiast. And uh, and it resonated well. And so what I loved about it when I started, when we started Mountain Ops, there was a handful of us that founded it together. I had never hunted. I was on this product development side. I'd done, you know, my distribution and and understand op, understood operations. I have a marketing degree, but these guys really knew how to market. Really knew the audience, the consumer with the within hunting. I didn't, and so I was just fueling this passion of the hunt. But what I really loved about what they were doing was that they were going out on the mountain and they were bringing food home for their families. And this resonated really well for me as something I wanted to dive into because I had gone, you know, seven years now without providing a lot for my family as far as it, when it comes to nutrition and 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 just food. That was always on our mind. My wife and I, when we were going through those hard times, made a commitment to each other that as soon as we had enough resource, uh, we would try to give back to those suffering with food insecurities. So you weren't even thinking, I can't wait till I have enough money to feed us and we'll be with this cornucopia of success, you immediately started thinking, we got to help other people who've been through what we've been through. Exactly. When we were going through that, that was, I felt like God was teaching us in that moment that there was a purpose for the pain we were going through. I feel like even with my dad's death, there's there's a purpose for it. And, and God does things for a wise purpose. And so we tried to find those wise purposes during that in fact, we started donating $22 a month through this charity that would provide uh, 30 meals to a child in need while we were going through that. And we made a commitment that one of the one of the miracles of the Bible that we always turned to was when Christ, he, he took a few loaves and a few fishes and he multiplied them for the masses. And so we just said, as soon as we have a few loaves and a few fishes, not when the boat comes in full, because we don't know when the boat's going to come in full or if it will at all. But as soon as we have just a few resources to work with, we're going to multiply them. And who knows if it's for the masses, but let's start with this $22. Okay. And then we started this business that was providing nutrition for people while there's plenty of people around the world and here in our own country that can't even fathom a couple meals a day. There's some people throughout the world that a meal a day is, is, is hard to come by. And now I'm in this industry where they're going out on the mountains and they're bringing home food for their families. I was just seeing all these correlations. And I, you know, me and my wife said, this is it. This is where we're supposed to start this. Uh, Operation Conquer Hunger is what we call it. And so with every order that comes through our website, we donate a meal to a child in need. And in June, one week before my father passed away, we hit the five millionth uh, donation, oh five millionth mil uh, donated through our Operation Conquer Hunger. That's amazing. No, I appreciate that. And let me let me ask you a very business type of question because I, I wanted to jump in, but I was so intrigued by all that you've been telling me. <laughs> you started creating supplements. Aren't there massive onerous regulations and FDA requirements when you're when you're creating supplements and things that people will take, hoping that it helps them with some kinds of ailments they might have? How'd you deal with that? There, yeah, you've got to work with the right people and you have to do it the right way. I mean, there's, yes, there's FDA regulations, there's GMP certifications within the facilities. And so uh, when you're working with a contract manufacturer, it's it's knowing the the manufacturers you're working with that they're that they're doing and processing things the right way that everything is documented and then doing third party tests our, our, ourselves on the products that are created so that we can 
rest assured that what we say we're putting into people's bodies is what what's going in. And uh, and so it had to be something I could trust 100 uh, percent giving to my my father, then my brothers and my sisters and my family, and my mother and and even my children that, that take the product. So, yeah, there's a lot of regulation and you have to follow, make sure that everything's safe and secure for those that are yes. consuming it. And uh, and so we you know, we follow all of that to a T and uh, and stand behind each of our product and, and formulations. And we never use any crazy formulation, crazy ingredient that that has an iffy. Uh, or, you know, it, it's got to be completely tested, approved, have, you know, uh, plenty of backing and scientific mm-hmm. results behind it that are effective. So that that's kind of the process we go down. But, you know, we we have regulatory in-house now. We used to have to contract that out to make sure it was all, you know, aligned. Mm-hmm. And uh, but, yeah, there's that that whole process to go through. Luckily, here in Utah, um, we're kind of surrounded by a hotbed of, of nutritional companies and manufacturers. And so it's an industry that Got I it. had connections in already and, and uh, good friends and uh, friendships that, that I could trust. How big has the company grown when it comes to sales and beyond this original niche group who you found really was attracted to what you were offering? We, we've got uh, right around 300,000 customers that wow. are um, coming through, you know, through our doors on a, on a monthly basis. And then from a retail volume, we, we do uh, most of our business online. And then we've started to grow into the retail channels. You'd find us in stores like Shields, Bass Pro Shops, Cabela's, uh, Sports and Warehouse, a lot of the outdoor retail mm. and specialty shops that way. You'd find us in a lot of farm and fleet because we sell to an outdoors uh, audience who drive trucks. They have guns. They, they, they have farm animals. They're going there to get their feed. And and uh, and so we sell through those types of locations and and then into some grocery and it and it's growing um, and uh, we're, we strategically grow based off of you know distribution wise but also with our product and, and the focus that we have on on different products our number one sellers uh, is an energy product um, and it's not just energy but it's the same cardiovascular based formula that we created for my father plus energy plus a brain ignite like cognitive blend and so you get kind of those three in one what's it called and that's our number one product it's called ignite ignite um, and, and Ignite. And then the product that we formulated for my father, if you don't want caffeine, but you want those cardiovascular benefits, then you go with Enduro. Um, And then a true pre-workout, similarly using the same base formula that we created for my father and then adding some ingredients like glutamine, beta-alanine, niacin, and creatine, we created a product called Yeti. And that's a true pre-workout you take before the gym. And so these products are made um, really for anyone that wants to enjoy those health benefits. And then we've got a full line of uh, proteins and vitamins and and greens and reds. And and so there's there's a lot of SKUs to look at. Um, one of the things that's really telling as to how well we're doing with our community and building that trust community is we sell a lot of shirts and hats that have a brand on it. People love wearing the brand. And and that's not typical for a supplement company. You don't see a lot of people wearing their supplement companies' shirts and hats, but it's a large portion of our sales. So we've got all these walking billboards out there that have, have paid to wear the brand, but it's because it means something. We did a big research study last year uh, with a company that does research studies for supplement brands, and they came back and they said, we've We've never seen this in the history of us doing research study for supplement brands. They said the, the big headliner for you guys is that you're a brand people trust. And then they broke that down and they said they trust you because of the core values they see on your website, on the wall of your office. But more importantly, they see you living them. Oh. And so our culture is all built around 
us truly living the core values of mountain ops. And when lived, we enhance the brand experience that everyone involved has. And if we live contrary to those core values, it diminishes the effect that oh, our yeah. brand and our product can have on people. It's and called so the, putting your money where your mouth is. Hundred, hundred percent. I, I agree. And so that's what we've done um, in in building this culture. We can't give what we don't have, and so we're huge on living what we're, you know, what we're preaching and helping people be able to do it themselves because we've been there. We've walked in their shoes. Similarly to what my wife and I experienced with the food. Had we not been there, we wouldn't be here. Um, you know, and I, I heard a quote once that said, you're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. And that's what we've taken. It's it, we've, we've been there. We've experienced it. God's given us eyes to see, hearts to feel. And what am I what am I supposed to do with it? I've got a stewardship over those experiences that God's given me. And so that's what my wife and I have committed to do. And fortunately for us, we have a business here with like-minded individuals and partners that that's their mission as well. And so we've just rallied around this opportunity to improve the lives of individuals and families through our community, through our product, but then doing something with the resources that come as as a result and uh, yeah. and feeding those less fortunate than us. Well, I can tell you this. Your dad is up there and proud of you. I am so mm -hmm. honored to hear your story here, Trevor. Thank you so much. Thank you. No, I appreciate that very much. It's It's been an honor to be on. The company is called Mountain Ops. Check it out. Check out the shirt. I got to see the merch here. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Guys, listen to me. He failed in six different businesses and efforts before he was able to finally find that path that he, he actually realized was drawn to him like a magnet, and that is passion. If you make your passion your profession, you will succeed. I am so thrilled that you tuned in to hear this one. We've got a million good ones. Well, 231, I think we're at now, of the most incredible entrepreneurial success stories through failure. You don't get success until you fail. So thank you once again. I appreciate you guys more than you will ever know. I'll see you Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern on The Claiming Countdown. Want to listen ad-free? You can do it with a Fox News Podcasts Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And then Amazon Prime members, you can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.